Now you can take Cash Cam Podcast everywhere you go. Never miss an interview. Listen in your car, listen while you're at work, or just listening when you're exercising. Go ahead and follow Cash Cam Podcast. Now I'm available on all major platforms. Cash Cam. Yo, 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 yo. This your boy Chris Cash, a.k.a. I'm Elgin, a.k.a. Man of many talents. Got another um super, super dope guest calling in today. Dude is is, is a bad mumbo jumbo, okay? I just put it like this. I won't wanna get in tour with him if I come find a parking space and I took his parking space. I might not have no face, okay? I want you to introduce yourself to everybody listening in. No one listens to me, brother, okay? So hey, without further ado, man, tell everybody who you be, bro. It's Macho time, Technical Macho Jr., boxing champion, four-time boxing champion with a record of 59 wins, six losses, and still going. Glad to be on, brother. No doubt, man. Glad to have you on again for the second time, man. Listen, man, for the people, let's just kick it off, man, right now, man. It's been a while since you've been on. Um, But um, just to kick it off, man, you still doing your thing, man. You still... uh. You know, um, dancing around the boxing rings and all that. You got a new, uh, a, a, a new belt coming up, a new, a new fight coming up. Um, once you give the the blisters and everybody a little bit more details about it, man. Why did you decide to take this uh, fight at 41 years old? Well, in boxing, it's the same. Once a fighter, always a fighter. So anyway, it's something that has something in my blood, something I like to do. I'm going back in the ring now. The real fight, we do an exhibition, sort of a charity event. We promote the guns down, gloves up. Stopping the violence. My father died from bullets. The violence right now, the youngsters are out of hand right now. They have no role models. It's out of hand right now. So you say, you know what? I got with my partner. So let's do a boxing event. Promote it as guns down, gloves up. Stop the violence. And teach the youth how to go forward. How to handle your business like the old school days. With your hands. Leave the guns oh, alone. Yeah. You have a problem? They're settling the ring. So that's what we're promoting now. We're going to take the nationwide different places, from the community, in the city, and see whoever has problems, handle your problems in the ring. Can be the violence alone. You got young, youngin picking up guns and shooting like it's the wild, wild rest. I mean, come on, to, to, to be able to um put on a, events like this for the youngsters and show people, hey, look, man, you don't have to go take a life, man. You got any issues or you want to let go some stresses out, come in the boxing ring and at least box it out. And everything's fine if you mm-hmm. know, hey, bro, you got to slow down. We kill each other. We should be together united. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that's mm-hmm. what inspired me yeah. to, to, to go forward, pushing. As a boxer, I was born a boxer. I'm born a fighter. That's something's hard for me to step the ring. I think I'm a fight team place. I still feel young. You know, I'm 41 years old, but I keep pushing. I keep jogging. I keep training. I stay in good shape. I stay drug-free. So, you know, why not keep going? Listen, for someone that's listening to you, right, listen to the show, right, and they go, okay, I want to be a boxer. And all they think it is is throwing on the gloves and just throwing blows. Um, What what goes into being a boxer and a, and a, and a dang good boxer at that? What, what do, is it just putting on gloves and saying, hey, come on, ring the bell and let me let me fight? Or what goes into you have to be strong mentally or, or let me shut up? It's, it's a lot of things, you know. First, it's having a dream. Visualize it. Have a vision. See yourself at the top. And once you got that, go from there. It's a lot of hard work. It consists of, you know, discipline, a lot of training. You know, it's taking away from your younger life, going out, partying, and put it to the side. 
this is a career. It's hard work. But I guess, you know, one of the best Floyd Mayweather of the show, hard work do pay off. Like, a lot of great athletes. It takes a lot of hard work. Yeah. I mean, the easy part is fighting. The tough part is training. That's the tough part. Because the everyday things, the everyday process, but in the morning, jogging, watch what you eat, keep a diet, keep a strict lifestyle, stay home and rest. I mean, the dream is the process. That's the hard part. The easy part is fighting. Right. Go to your right. local gym. Right. Get involved in boxing. Watch tapes. Learn from watching fights. No doubt. No doubt. And um, where, 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 where is the box? Where is the sport of boxing at now? Do you feel like boxing is is thriving? Do you feel like boxing is 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 at a point where it should be right now? Or do you feel like it's a lot of improvements um that should be made far as in the popularity to make boxing um you know um in everybody's household and uh what what is your thoughts on that? You know what? I gotta be honest. Boxing has taken a big loss. Take a step behind. Boxing no longer a sport. It's more of a business. And nowadays they're being monopolized. You got promoters who you know who buy TV rights who do their fights on TV, sign agreement with the networks, and don't even use their fighters to fight on TV, and leave the other fighters behind. So if you're not signed with a big promoter, you might have a tough time. But, you know, boxing, everything changes, go, go through the ups, go through the downs. So boxing, yeah. when you're not at the best stage, so you do have talent. You still have interesting fighters out there. The heavyweight division is going to come back. With Anthony Joshua, with the Wilder, with Tyson Fury, that's good to know. Because once boxing, heavyweight boxing is on top, Boxing is on top. Right. And it's, it's expanding. You see people in London, the UK, European fighters making a big splash in boxing now. They're doing fights in Europe. They're being televised on HBO, Showtime. Well, HBO is alone in boxing, but Showtime doing a lot of fights. ESPN doing a lot of fights. So I think boxing is way back up, but we still got a lot of, still got a lot of things that weave out. You know, it's still a business more than a sport. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And um, man, listen, man. Um, not to get right into it, brother, but listen, man. You know, you, 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 of course, you're the son of one of the, uh, uh I was gonna say one of the boxing uh, icons, one of the boxing legends, man. Um, you know, um, do you like being a, you know, being coming from a boxing, you know, having a boxing background, been boxing, um, since you was young, and 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 then you still doing it now. You're doing it for a, a very good reason. Um, uh, I mean, what 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 did you learn? What do you take from your father the most? What did you learn from your father when he was alive? Um, that he that you took not just from boxing, just from um maybe a life lesson that he ta- taught you that you carrying with you um to this day. Can you share with us, bro? You know, Montreal was a hard worker. The difference is when he came up, he had to do it. He had he had an age of fifteen years old, so he couldn't look back. He had to go forward. He had to fight. He was fighting for his family, fighting for me to put food on my table. I grew up the son of a legend, so it wasn't as hard for me as far as coming up. I didn't have to do boxing. That's something I chose to do. It's in the blood. It's a difference. The macho man had to do it. He had an age of 15 years old. A little bit different, but the hard work he put into it. And here I am now as a veteran, as a fighter. I look back at my father's career and I stay astonished. I think, like, wow, he put a lot of hard work into this. I followed the pioneer when he went into the ring. With Alfred, he changed boxing. He's going to be as an Indian, going to be as a Trojan, as a warrior, as a fireman. He brought possessed to boxing. He brought that soulmanship to boxing. 
He let boxing mm-hmm. know you don't have to be a promoter. You could be a fighter and a promoter. You can market yourself. That's something I picked up from my father in marketing. How important is it to market yourself as a fighter? Because as you market wow. yourself, the more butts you put in the, the more butts you put in the arena, the more butts you put in the seat. Mm-hmm. I mean, Floyd yeah. became the villain. When Floyd became the villain, people want to see Floyd lose. His value went up. Yeah. It's not about marketing. I could pick one thing my father did. And I learned from the way he marked himself. Okay, so all right now for some now don't forgive me, brother. Don't hang up the phone. Don't go. Hey, you know what I'm saying? You see me use my head as a boxing bag and then like that. I don't know no better, brother. Okay, I'm just an interview. So when I'm when I'm asking you, I have to um okay marketing. Now I do know how to market this podcast and marketing my interviews and things like that. What goes in? See, when I, when I think of somebody marketing and boxing, we, we think of like Don King and other marketers and sponsors and stuff. How much personal do you play as a boxer um, marketing yourself? Or do you leave it out to the other professionals that's in that field of marketing? How does that work? Well, you know, of course you have a promoter. The promoter to really promote the fighters. But nowadays in this business, the promoters market and promote their own brand. They don't really focus much on fighters. An exception is De La Hoya. He marketed Canelo. Today, Canelo is one of the top fighters in boxing. So as a fighter, you got to say, okay, how can, I, how can I market myself? How can I be different from the rest? Maybe go in the ring dancing. Maybe, maybe give out shirts. Maybe fight for a cause. Maybe promote something. Go in the ring as a Trojan. Go in the ring walk. Go in the ring... On top of a horse, it's all about marking yourself. Find that niche that works for you. Not everybody's the same. You yeah. see, for me, want to walk in like an Indian. No, he marking himself with money, cash, cash, cash. It works for him. Everybody different. You gotta find that niche. Find something that separates you from the rest. Find something that makes you want to go see you. No doubt. You have to be a good fighter. That's the first thing. You have to be a good fighter. You have to work on your traits. You have to work on your talent. You have to work on your skills. That's 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 a no brainer, man. The gym you worry about, but you have to have a good team around you, a great team. Floyd Mayweather become Floyd Mayweather overnight, until so he got with the money team, and then he has he has some good people around taking his business, like Al Heyman, and that takes him that takes to the next level. You know, certain stage you have a manager, boxing manager, and they'll take to a certain level, to a certain level. But it's up to yourself to market yourself and promote to market you to take to another level become that prime fighter. There's a lot of work into it. But it takes a good team. Well, and a good marketing plan. Talk about Floyd Mayweather, right? Um, you know, it, it, it's like you're right. You know, he's he's like a, it's kind of a turn. Most people want to see him lose. He's more like more of a villain. Um, like when he been in Ken's Pecker Hour, you know, it's like more people want to see Floyd lose and things like that. Um, but, okay, go, Take me into the mindset. Take the listener to a mindset of a boxer. Um, um, just take Floyd Mayweather and your father. They, I'm gonna say, I ain't trying to compare and say they similar, but your father had a flamboyantness about him. I mean, he that's he kind of like changed the game. You know what I'm saying? And, and Floyd Mayweather have a flamboyance about him. How similar and how unsimilar it was your father compared to um Floyd Mayweather? Okay, my father wasn't cocky. He was confident. Floyd got to the point of being cocky. He wanted people. I don't know if he wanted to, but people started hating him. They wanted him to lose. They wanted to see my father lose as well, but then I can go inside the ring, dress him like an Indian, and went into the crowd. But when he fought, it was all business. Same as Floyd, when they fight, it's all business. But the difference is, I believe my father wasn't as cocky as Floyd was. 
you see my father trying to money in the screen. That could piss anybody off. Come man with him being in the ring. He wouldn't assault, he wouldn't sell his opponents or call them all kind of names. No, he had the business in the ring. I think that's a difference in between them. But you gotta have that confidence, regardless. You got that confidence. You gotta train hard. You gotta be scared to lose. You gotta wanna be the best. And that takes hard work. And that comes on with confidence and believing yeah. in yourself. If you don't believe in yourself, then who will? Yeah. See, boxing is not, is not a sport that you have, you can go ahead and pass the ball to somebody. Or you can throw the ball to first base. No, if you alone, and you have a team that runs the corner, and you alone in there, but, you know, you got to be confident in yourself and believe in yourself yeah. and take it to the trenches, the tough times. And not every fight can be easy. You need to muscle up, you know? And I guess my father, his ways, he was scared to lose. That's why he trained so hard. He had that mouth. He was flashy. But he had to back it up. So he trained hard to mm-hmm. back that up. Floyd's no exception. Floyd trains hard. Yeah, Floyd stayed a few, four hours in the boxing gym. After he finished training, he go for a 10-mile run. He worked mm-hmm. harder than the normal fighter because mm-hmm. he wanted to be the best. No so along with being a showman, along with being one of those flashy fighters, you got to put that work in to back it up. Think of, like, I'm thinking of, you know, like, um, fighters like Muhammad Ali, the father, you a boxer, you doing your thing. Um, listen, you know, a lot of people, like, look, me looking at a, as a boxing fan, I'm looking at, at, at you guys, and, I, and we looking at Floyd, and we say, you know, the one knock on Floyd is what? That he danced around the ring a lot. Um, a lot of people say, well, we don't consider that boxing. A lot of people say that's a cheap way to win. How do you look at as the, a person that's actually in the ring, that actually a professional boxing, okay? Um, do you share the same um, um, input as people to say, hey, man, you, you dodging punches and you moving across the ring. It's not really boxing. You, you just kind of, you know, um, sliding your way to the top or you kind of like, you know, not really giving it your all. You know, do you feel the same way as fans that say that? Because, you know, you have Muhammad Ali that danced around the ring, but he also will, will give, it, give it to you. I mean, the main thing what I see now that I'm a, a veteran, older fighter, you want to retire with the fact that you're in place. You'll be able to have a life after boxing. You don't want to walk around punch drunk. You'll be able yeah. to take care of your kids, have fun with your kids. Mm-hmm. And what Floyd did was box. That's the name of the game. It's called boxing, not called fighting. It's called boxing to be boxed. You take less punishment. I think it's a small way of fighting. Floyd got, with, Floyd got 50 and 0, 50 wins, 0 losses. It's for a reason. He boxed. He's a slug. Yeah, early, early in his career, he was aggressive. Yes. You know, young. But as time went by, you know, as you get older, your speed slows down a little bit. The reflex slow down a little bit. That's where defense comes in at. For the a defensive fighter, it's not all about throwing punches. You gotta have defense. Because you can't punch your own back at you. And that's the key. Mm-hmm. Being in the game yeah. at 100%. Not walking around punch drunk. Not walking around bad. And life after boxing. Not so many fighters can have life after boxing. Floyd does. He became a promoter. Yeah. Well, he has. He became a promoter. How many fights you see yeah. that leave the game? I said they leave the game. They can't speak. They have no talk, so they can't do nothing. So I do, yeah, and looking yeah. back, Floyd did a marvelous job, a great job, because he had life after boxing. How many yeah. fighters have that? Some fighters are punch on. They can't speak. They can't do nothing. Um, you know, you know, looking at how how much do 
You know, um, I'm, I'm definitely gonna um, touch on this. This is event on April 18th. Okay, I ain't having. I, trust me, it ain't. I ain't got a need, brother. Okay, I, I want to ask. What, what, how much do politics play in boxing? You know, we hear this. You know, behind the scenes, this and that. But we don't. I don't know. Um, explain to how much do politics play? Like, you know, why do we see certain boxers on? You know, maybe on. Pay per view, Showtime, and HBO, whatever, and some boxers don't, you know, because in the public, we, we might say, oh, this boxer ain't that good because we don't see him all the time, or this boxer get more matches and more belts with this name, or this boxer might not be as popular. We, but how much do politics play into that, brother? Can you clear some of that up for your bro? Yeah, it's big time, play, you know, like you said, a lot of great fighters out there, a lot of good fighters, but they don't get that airtime because why? Possibly play a big role into it. Like, the Hoya has contract with fighters. They have to apply by that contract. You're going to fight a four fights a year. So within that time frame, if you have 12 or 10 fighters, and you got about 20 shows, you got to put your fighters on because you're on the contract with them. You have to put them on. And that, in that case, they leave other fighters outside of the circle because mm-hmm. they are by the obligation of giving them fights. So that's a big part of it. So it seems like we've seen the same fighters over and over. On TV, the Canelos, um, Triple G's, you know, the Crawford. But there's a lot of great fighters that don't get that action. That's just how the boxing game is. And yeah, it also so. works again on, on viewers, viewerships. That's how promoters stay in business and how the networks stay in business. They go with five super sell who people are tuning to watch. We got Canelo doing about one million pay per view by the time he fights. That's big money for everybody involved. So, how much did, your, how much did you early on growing up, bro? Since you didn't want to go to school, you wanted to box. Okay, I'm doing my little homework on you. You, you said, man, listen, forget school, man. I want to go to the school of boxing. Okay, so how much, um, how much influence at a young age, or should I say, how what what is what do you remember being young, growing up? You know, having a father that's that's in boxing and doing his thing, and everybody know him. Um, what did did you learn or did you take from your father uh, the, the most? What did what blew you away about your father being a young kid, um, looking at your father and being influenced for your father? One thing you can say, Cash, man, my father taught me this, or I learned this from my father at a young age, and I still use it right now. What would that be, bro? How humble he was for all the fame he had. How humble he was. He gave every fan, any fan, the time of the day. He catching a flight. We late for the flight. A fan, much near the picture, much. He would stop. He would take time out for the fighters. He always told me, without the fighters, we, I mean, without the fans, we are nothing. The fans are who make us. So take your time out. Talk to the fans. Get to know them. Take your time out. They'll appreciate that. That relates to money down the line. And I saw that in them. At a young age, yeah, you see, and the camera's on, he was flashy, he was talking nonsense. You know, all that to promote. When the cameras are off, he's like anybody else. And people could relate to us, they love him so much. He was a real person. And I learned that myself. Stay humble, stay real with yourself, stay true. If I could point to anything, it would be that, how humble he was. And I'm glad you said that, bro, because... You know, Bennett, you know, you know how the media works and, you know, you know, um, unfortunately, the, untim- the untimely passing of your father, man, um, that the, I mean, the world found that out, man. The world literally shut down, brother. Um, you know, what can yeah. you clear up? Because on cash cam, man, I'm not here about, you know, um, putting trash out there or try to 
damage anybody's name. I'm like bringing, I'm like bringing light to to people's careers and people's lives, and and, and showing who they really was. And you know, cause you his son. What misconception does people hold of your father? What what do the media reported? You know about, about your father running and things like that. That you could say cash. Let me clear it up to the listeners. This is what it is. This is the biggest thing that is out there about my father. But I want to clear it up. Is it anything? It's a couple of things, Cash. You know, people who never got the chance to meet my father in person, just see him on TV, they say he's a cocky seven million B. No, he wasn't. Right. That was just for the cameras. And another thing that was came out. People say, well, the macho man, yeah, drug issues, man, he's get high. The truth is, he accomplished so much. You cannot accomplish that being a user. No way can you be a user and accomplish so many great things in life. That takes away from mm-hmm. everything. So, yeah, he had a, you know, probably anybody else had a problem, a drinking problem, whatever problems he had. But that'll be side, that was after the fact. When he was in his prime, he was dedicated to boxing. The people that were Camacho was a drug user, this and that. No. To accomplish all the great things he accomplished in his lifetime and his career, he couldn't be a user. No way. You cannot be on a level that your father was, was on and not have your brain intact. You know what I mean? I, I, that's a great point. Oh, getting high on Camacho. get high on day. Uh, he, he's a cokehead right. or he's a disc. No, there's no way you could be a successful cokehead. That just don't mix. Too bad. I agree with you. But you know how it is. The media run with it for views and things like that. But you know, then but you got people that send at home that don't know no better. That just look at the news and they run with it. That's the sucky part about the society we we live in. You know, um, have the media have the media change in your opinion for far as how they cover you. Um, do you feel? Like you got your just due as a boxer in your boxing career because you a bad mumbo jumbo. You came on this show and you said your record, okay? You 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 only lost six times, okay? So I mean, do you feel that you got your just due by the boxing world, by the fans? Do you feel like people really knew who you was as a boxer or and gave you your your, your just due, or do you feel like um your maybe your father um fame? sort of outshadow you or people was always looking for you to be your father and not respecting and overstand that look I'm me. Yes bro you know being a son of a legend has its pros and its cons the bro everybody know the name the problem is my father did so much he was so great and those kind of fighters like my father like Ali like Sugar Ray Leonard like Fort Mayweather they come every 50 years they don't come every day if you're a son of one of those athletes or one of those great, great superstars, you're going to have it tough because that name, that person, that persona overshadows everything. Do I feel like I'm a just dude? No, it's tough. It's tough. My argument, people, I'm 59 and 6. I was champion. I was number one, I was number one in the nation. I was number one in the Olympics in 1996. Number one in the USA. Amateur at my weight class. Do I get my just dudes? No, because the big shadows over me. I understand that. But my goal coming to boxing was to become a world champion. Was become it was to become better than my father. My goal in boxing was to be known for myself, Hector Camacho Jr. Not just the son of Hector Camacho. My father had a brother who's called Felix Camacho, who was a world champion as well. Good fighter, very good fighter. People tend, yeah. tend to forget about him. 
because the magical magical persona, who he was, just erased everything, overshadows all of us. So, I mean, I understand that's the way boxing is, but do I get my just dudes from fighters who see me in the street? Hey, come on, the people in my Everless, they have to do the fuck they want. Do they stop me from the wrong against David Reed? Do they stop me in the street? Yeah, man, how you doing? Like, you a bad motherfucker. I get that often. But yeah. with that kind of shadow yeah. over, you know, that macho man shadow on top of me, you know, it's tough. It's tough. He was a great fighter, one of the boxing greats. And that can't, that can't be easy, bro. At all, brother. It'd be time people say, well, yeah, he's good, but not like his father. I just get pissed off with that. Reporters, yeah, Machito's very good. He's good to fight, but you know, he won't be like his father, unfortunately. That sucks. For me coming to boxing, I knew it would be like that. I knew it. I mean, I'm proud to have one of the best fighters ever. I said, my father. I'm proud of that. But the flip side is, it sucks. I would never get my just due. But yes. then again, you open swing doors for me. I mean, it, ha- it had a love loss. It had a love in between, good and bad. But I just feel it's the cause I'm dealt with. Man, correct me or wrong. Stop me at any time as you want. Because I'm known to just be talking um, 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 goofball talk, okay? So <laughs> you set me straight, all right? So what now, it's like, okay, you have your father, okay? He's your father. But at the same time, He's this boxer, and he. Ha- but at the same time, you, his son, but you also have a career in boxing. Mm-hmm. So it's like you, you have a father and son type thing. But then at the same time, you want to be great. You, you know what I'm saying? You want to be just as in in this career in this sport as your father. So I mean, that just yeah. just from the outside looking in, brother, I can only imagine, bro. But I think you handled it well, though, bro. Um, I really do, but I just wanted to ask you that so people listening in that think it's just a cupcake walk and just think that, hey, yeah, he, he, hey, he ain't like his father. It, it ain't just that um easy. Sometimes it's just because people, the media and people want to just focus on your father, but um, and not on your uncle or not on you and other people that's doing just as, you know, um good things and great things. So, Thank you for clearing that up, bro. You, anything else on that question you want to add, or should I go to the next? Cash, Cam. You know what? It's tough. Imagine Mike Tyson had a son. He had to follow oh, his shadow. Tyson's a killer. Oh. See, while, while, while yeah. what's this, only exception there is when it comes to a, a, a father or a son or a father and daughter is Layla Ali. They gave her a pack she a female. And she played her own path. Even being an Ali. She created her own pack when she was a female. It was a bit different. So, you know, when I was halfway through my career, and, and my highlight of my career was I had an HBO contract. HBO wanted me to fight me. But I had female events on, on my contract. That was mainly there for a boxing show. I called HBO up. I said, HBO, listen, my father wanted to fight on the card. Hey, we could have him, but you didn't make me rent. So... That fight happened in 2001 in South Beach on HBO Kill Nation. I was main event. My father was my undercard. That was my highlight of my career. After that, after I had nothing else to prove. I reached my goal, you know, for myself. I was the main event of my father's show. But ever since then, I started taking things outside the ring. So I've been a better person outside the ring, doing things for kids, working with the youth. I may not be a better my father in the ring, but the outside of the only the bigger legacy. I gave back to my hand. Open a gym up in my boxing in my home in, my, in, in, in uptown Spanish Harlem. I try to get back to the kids, give them an outlet, give them a way out the streets. That's something I feel my father didn't do in his days. He didn't open up a gym. He didn't work with kids. He didn't give back to charity. 
Why? I don't know. There are reasons why. Me, that's something I realized. You know what? I may not be the macho man in the ring, but outside of the ring, my own macho man, I build my own legacy, which is giving back and helping out, giving other chances, unfortunate ones, open doors for them, for other Latino fighters. Yeah. See, right now wow. I'm working on my father's book that's coming out soon. I'm doing a macho time book coming out. I'm also working on a life story that I want to put out there for people who never got to meet my father, or know him personally, got to see who he was and what he'd been through. He's the blueprint. He came from Puerto Rico, not speaking English, came to America. His raised a Spanish heart from made to the White House to meet Ronald Reagan. That's a dream for anybody. But mm. it can be done. He did it. Dream. Dream big and push yourself. You accomplish it. Dream. It starts off with a dream. That's where it starts from. Wow. Um, man, listen, man. I man, I mean, come on. I don't. I, I'm I'm saying wow so much, brother. I I I I mean, that might be my first language is wow, bro. Cause <laughs> and we are special, brother. Cam, you got your own show, own podcast. You're doing great. How many other kids like to be like you? Don't know how. Don't know where to start. I appreciate that, brother. I want to give uh, kids a chance to become a champion, to become a fighter. Kids in the streets. My father made out the project. If he made it, any other kid in the project could make it. Why not? He did it. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's why I'm constantly, you know, outside of me, pushing, pushing, pushing kids, pushing the youth. That's why I came up with this um, charity event. Guns down, gloves up. Let the kids know anything's possible. We're living in rough times. These rappers nowadays, they're helping the youth out. They're destroying them with their music, with their image, hands down, disrespecting the females. You gotta exactly. be a G. But not G's a gangster, G as a gentleman. Tell them, bro. Tell them, man. Those gangsters and out there, we were young. Those gangsters and out there, they were gentlemen. They took care of the neighborhood. They took care of the oldest. They took care of everybody else. People knew back in the days, well, I can't do more than two things because the big boss going to see me. I can't do this in my block. And it's block because he owns the block. There was respect. These youth, they lost respect now. There's no respect no more in the streets. It's none. So I got to kind of remind them. That's my job. I come from the hood. Wow. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And and how much of that you coming from the hood? You coming from the upbringing that you that you came come from, um, from the slums, man. How much of that attitude do you bring in your that you have that you brought when you was in the ring, and that you bring what you're doing to the community and helping these young um youth and these upcoming boxers and new boxers? How much of that rough and toughness? That you that you can say cash, man. I carry over to into my everyday walk. You know what, cash? You know, I finally met, asked me that question, and that's so long. I was talking to my wife about that. When I was coming up, I had the ads came from the streets. You ain't taking my food. My, I'm fighting my family's food. But you know what changed me, cash? Down the line, Islam changed me. I became a Muslim, and it changed my whole way of thinking. I can't say I became soft. I wasn't the same fighter ever since I turned to Islam. I became right. a, little, a little more passive. But when I was first coming up, oh, I had the attitude from the streets. Oh, yeah, that's hard, man. Oh, yeah, you're taking my food away. I'm fighting my daughter's food. I'm fighting for putting food in my table. That's what I'm fighting for. But you got to right. have that attitude. You got to have that. I still go back to New York City and walk down the hood. And that motivates me. That's what I got motivation from, where I came from, why I came a long way. I got to remind myself. Because you start hanging out with, you know, high-level people, you kind of forget sometimes, you know? I mean, boozy, right. you kind of forget where you come from. Right. Kind of forget right. what made you hungry. Right. I don't know what that happens. Yeah. So I go back to New York every here and there. I, I, I kind of remind myself, this is where I come from. When I need motivation, I go back to New York City. It's real in New York City. 
You have to be special. Come on, to make out the project. You have to be special. Anybody make out the project. You have to be special. If anybody can't do it, then, then and then everybody will be at the level that you and your father and other people, successful people, is that you know. If anybody can do it, it's just that easy. I I I definitely um salute you on that, and I I know um you know I know what you had said um early on in a um earlier um interview that you said that um basically um you know your father passing. And you turn into Islam is um, what made you make a comeback back in um, to boxing. But you said you got a little bit soft a little bit when you became an Islam compared to you before you you know made that transition. Um, what do you mean by that? Like, what you mean? You crying more? You you, you is you like cast? You crying a little more? You boo when you need tissue or something like that? Explain to us, brother. I became passive. I don't train with that aggression. Like, oh, no, I don't want to kill this guy. Anyway. Nah, I don't train with that aggression every okay. morning. I, you know, I, I do my prayer, my Isha prayer, my dog prayer. I do my prayers. Yes. So in the morning, I do all my prayers, and, you know, it just keeps me there. I don't yeah. train with that mentality on kill this mother, you know, take the food from my table. It's not the same no more. Like, I talk to my opponents, man, but, you know, I, you know, I give them a handshake. I'm going to for the family. You the best man win. I hope nobody get hurt. It wasn't like that in my early days. I want to hurt you. Nowadays, I'll give my, 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 my opponent a handshake. I do but, hey, I wish you the best. I know you're doing it for your family. I pray right. a lot of money gets hurt. That's not the mentality you should have going to the ring. You got that kill the kill mentality. I kind of sipped when it came down to that. What even prompted you to, how did you find Islam, if, if I can ask you that? I mean, was you walking down the street one day and you went into the gap, uh, a store or something like that, and you met somebody and said, hey, man, you need to try this. Tell us. I, I was in Panama for the first time. I came in and visited my girlfriend. And I was in Panama, and things wasn't going to where I was with my girlfriend. So I got pissed off one day. I left the house. I stood downtown. When I stood in the hotel, that whole night, I prayed to God, give me direction. Before I lose my mind, give me direction. I'm pissed off. I don't put my hands on no woman. Give me direction, Father, please. The next day, I woke up in the morning. I went jogging. When I went jogging, I passed by a mosque. I didn't, I didn't know what the mosque was at all. And I know nothing about the faith. I was totally illiterate to come to that. I didn't know nothing. So I, I, I was jogging by, I was jogging, I heard a song, and I stopped the guy, excuse me, what they singing? No, they're not singing. They're praying, they're praying. That's, that's a song. No, they're not praying. So can I see? They opened the door a little bit. I looked in. I seen people on the floor praying, okay, bowing down, praying. So what, they praying? That's not a song? No. Cool. So I left. Got back to the hotel room. I looked up Islam. I started reading about it. I came back the next day. I told him I wanted to learn, want to learn a bit more about Islam. He gave me a book of the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. He gave me a book of the Prophet Muhammad. I went home that night. I read the book. It took me two days. When I finished, I went back to the mosque. Then my Shahada. And from there, man, you know, it's something Islam. Nobody had to convince me that I was in the right path. I felt it in my heart that I was in the right path. It was easy for me. The Islam, you go about different things. Islam is a Muslim. You know, give to charity, have a good heart, do for others. And it was easy for me. I'm a good person naturally. It was easy for me to give back to people, to be good-hearted, be a good person. It was easy for me to give back to help. It was easy for me to do that. So it was just, you know, it's something that just God brought me to. I didn't choose Islam. You know, most Muslims, they're born in Arabic countries. Not me. I'm an American. Allah took me to Islam. I didn't choose it. God took me to this. So that's how that came about. Now, 2009, 
Oh, well, man, blessings to you, bro. Let's talk about good fights. Safety reasons, man. You know, for years, people been saying that, you know, boxing is the most dangerous sport. You know what I'm saying? Bro, they talk about football with the head, concussions and all that. Well, you got boxing, you know what I'm saying, you know, heavyweight and other class that, that don't. Still, if you have the helmet on your head, boxing is a dangerous sport. Do you feel that boxing do do enough to protect their, their, their um, um, boxers? Do you feel like more can be done, or what's your whole take on that, brother? Can you please tell me, man? I really want to know. Yeah, you know, boxing is a brutal sport. There's no covering. That you can't cover the sky with your hand. Boxing is a brutal sport. You cannot cover that. That's the truth about it. Um, and I thought maybe fighting with high note with, with big gloves, maybe to protect fighters. But there's no way around that. It, it, it's a hurtful business. My job is to hurt my opponent. It's to hit my opponent. That's my job. There's mm -hmm. things you could do before that, like, you know, take um, these new um, CBDs. Mm -hmm. These drops. Mm -hmm. It's good for a lot of things. Good for CTE. Good for a lot of things. And you can prepare yourself, but ultimately, boxing is a, is a hurtful business. There's no covering that. You see that in every other sport where there's contact, hockey, right. football, right. even baseball. You get hit with the ball you know, on your hand when you pitch throw the ball hit you. It's a hurtful business. I'm looking to do. I mean, but it's part of it. Wait, UFC, MMA, rough. We love those things. We come from the Romans, the gladiators. We come from that. It's something about blood and fight that they arouse us. That we love that. I don't know. That's just part of who we are. There's no better feeling than going there knocking somebody out. That's one of the best things in the world. It may sound crazy. That's one of the best things in the world. You train hard, you go in the ring, you knock somebody out, the fight ends, you go on the ropes and you lift your hands up. That's one of the best feelings. You can't beat it. Yeah, man. I I heard uh, my cousin told me one time, or somebody told me one time, that when you drive motorcycle, people that ride motorcycles, like they said, the best thing is when you riding and you riding and then the wind is blowing. They said that's it's nothing compared. Boxing, you you said when you yeah. knock someone out and you lift your hand to victory and the crowd is cheering, it, it's a natural high. Um, do, can you tell us, looking at your fights over the years, what was that one fight or two fights that you say cash man? I love all my fights. I love boxing. I get natural high from all of them. But these fights right here is is above the rest. That I felt like I'm a, was on cloud nine. Well, one fight was on this coming up. I fought a guy called Harold Warren. He's one of my biggest step-ups. Harold Warren was the age of maybe 32, 34. He fought a 17 world champion. Never been stopped. He was champion himself. I took the fight. I was number one, I was number one contender in the world. Today, big championship. My father told me, don't take that fight. You crazy? Why you don't take that fight for number one in the world? You're going to fight the world champion soon. Why would you take a risk against a veteran? Why? And I trained my butter for that fight. I knocked him on the first round. That was one of my highlights. Because everybody, even the experts, picking you lose. You're going to lose the warning. I got a good fight for you. And I took it. I trained my ass off for that fight. My language. I trained my butt off for that fight. I got the win. Just that's the win. I like him on the first round with an amazing wow. hook. He just, hit the, he just hit the ground and got back up. That was my highlights. Now, another fight that sticks out was the Jesse Game Leha fight. I found in my hometown, Mass. I found in my hometown, New York City. I found him in Brooklyn. In Coney Island. 
I was the more in the world. My next fight was to fight against a two-year-old Gaddy for $1.9 million on pay-per-view. No, wow. HBO was my next fight after beating Lejas. And I was a veteran. Older fighter, 35 years old as well. I was 23. You know, the older fighter, the veteran, the youngster, the superstar coming up. And before that fight, people would say I'm the next Latino superstar. People were comparing to my father. He might become better than his father. Mm-hmm. When that fight happened, they stopped the fight for cut in the fifth round, went to the scorecards. They awarded me the win because I was up on points. But the next day in the papers, the New York Post, when I woke up in the morning after the fight, I grabbed the paper. The front page says Camacho's a coward. Whoa. That fight stuck on my dad. That changed my whole career, my whole mentality. changed everything because of boxing. And you know, it's something I should have been prepared for because I see how the meeting was with my father. No matter what my father had done, they were trying to label him. They were trying to point the thing at him. Everything he done wrong, they put him on. Camacho did this, Camacho didn't run, Camacho was a bullshit. That. that happened to me after that fight. I was going to be the next Latino superstar. After that Leha fight, the next day, the press, everywhere, Camacho was a coward. He quit. That just changed everything. Wow. Wow. I know what I deal with, what, you know, with, with naysayers and this and that, but to be on a stage with you on, you know, son of a legend, doing your thing in your boxing career, putting your works, go ahead and do and then you got the new, do the media the very next day, you know, putting these headlines up, talking about you, shaming you and things like that. I mean, how much of this going into being into your boxing career, um, knowing what your father went through, how much of tunnel vision did you have? That, did, how much of, did, prepare, was you prepared? I thought I was prepared for the next day. You know, I looked at my father's career. I tried to yeah. criticize him. I would put the things at him. No matter how great he was as a fighter, they would find something to accuse him of. Oh, Camacho runs too much. Oh, Camacho, the hit and miss fighter. He runs, he moves in the ring. So I thought, you know what? That wouldn't happen to me. I'm prepared. It does happen to me. I'm prepared. But when that fight happened, man, and that late half, I woke up in the morning, seen the press. Oh, man, brother. That's something I thought I could handle. I couldn't. I threw away from the camera, threw it from everybody. I locked myself indoors for a long time. Because that fight mentally got to me. Coward. People, they were like, going to shoot. They would stop me. Come on, try to put the late fight. Even to this day, people still bring that fight up. Wow. Man. That, that's, that's also part of what you go through. Like Floyd Mayweather. He's 50 and no. But there's still people saying, well, he runs. Well, you know, he's a sucker. He picks his opponent. Um, he buys his fights. He got to live with that. And that's tough. If you're a target, no matter what you've done, no matter what you do in your career, they'll point that finger at you. And, but but, they, but they'll, they'll point that finger at you, brother. But they won't dare get in that ring with you, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> I you know, know. Brother, and I, I, I invited Biden going to ring with me. Everybody, if people talk, even fans, come on, 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 they won't do it. <laughs> they know again, better. You do what you saw, you got to understand, that's part, that's part of the territory. That's part of yeah. the game. Yeah. The fans who make you and they who break you. I understand that. Now I do. I mean, it's tough. You know, we, we, we go on YouTube and I don't watch my fights. And I don't watch, I don't go online for nothing to look myself up. I'll get pissed what people say or, or, or what the writers say or what fans say they comment. So I try to shout with some kind of things. Yeah. I know who I am as a person. If you let the media, you let the, what people say about you get to you, I forget about it. It'll ruin you. Oh, yeah. Believe in yourself. That's what it's about. Know who you are. Be real. Be true to yourself. No doubt, man. And, uh, not to, um, about two more questions, three more questions, if you don't mind, brother. I really appreciate you. It being like, uh, no, I love about, 
a while since I had you on, bro. Um, but listen, man, I, I don't know if you want to go into it or not, but man, we hear about your father all the time, man. How much of an impact did your mother play in your life, bro? My mother, oh, man. People think I joined boxing because of my father. It wasn't my father, it was my mama who put me in boxing. Wow. When I was young in New York City, Harlem, it was drug infested. Red top, blue top, I lived in 122nd Avenue, right in front of a crack spot. I couldn't look out the window, I couldn't go outside to play. So my family kept me in the boys club in New York. They kept me in the boys club to keep me away from trouble. Mm-hmm. So when I moved from New York City to Orlando, Florida in 1992, when I got to Florida, my mother told me, okay, Hector, you're not going to be hanging out on the streets. You're in high school now. You're going to find a boxing gym. I want you to box. I want you to stay away from the streets. Going to the boxing spend your time in the gym. I didn't want to fight. I was going to baseball player, basketball player, football player. I played all sports because I'm from New York City. But my mother kept me off the streets and took me to the boxing gym. She bought me an amateur boxing book. She bought me one of those on punching bags. She bought me gloves. She hanged up in the garage, and that's all I did was box, box, box after that. In two years, I became the number one contender, the number one fighter at 139 pounds. Number one. Number three was Jab Judah. Just let you know, for, you know how far I got as an amateur. I was the number one man going to the 1996 Olympics. But it wasn't because of my father. My father didn't always boxing yet. My father called me when I was number one in the world. As an amateur, he called me and said, Papi, is it true? Are you fighting going to the Olympics? Yeah, it's true. Got 35. Then he calmed out. Give me a little, uh-huh. great line, you know? But it was my mother who pushed me, kept me in the gym, was on my butt every time. I want you to keep hanging out. Go home, go jogging, go to the gym. It was my mother who pushed me. And to this day, she still pushed me. I love it. You know how it is, bro. Let's, let's keep it saying. I say I don't keep it real because nowadays, real in this world is the fake is the new real. So let's keep it sane in an insane yeah, world. Yeah. So. Listen, yo, I'm glad you said it. And first of all, let me say this right now to you. Wow. Thank you. for I didn't know that. Um, but listen, for people that's yeah. so, because you know, there's people out there that say, hey, look, man, his father was this. He just got the, uh, they let him in because who his father was, or they put him on this belt because who his father was. was. I'm glad that you, you know, kind of, you know, um, clear that, you know, you probably helped before, but kind of to my listeners, clear that up to say, look, no, I was doing this. I had 30 wins. I was going to the Olympics. My father called me to ask, hey, is that true? So how is he helping me? I love that, bro. It had his hold in the car on boxing. You know, had the main Camacho help people like that on the name. The car on the pass out of it? God, that's a big shoe to fill. Yeah. <laughs> people bet, don't bro. see that. They think I just, I just got put on the spot. I mean, how many fathers, some dudes you see that successful? Not too many. The great... Joe Frazier had a son called Marvis Frazier, who's a decent fighter, but never I just do. There's a lot of fighters who have their son fighting who don't make it. Unfortunately, I, I mean, unfortunately, I, I was one who did, you know? I have the name for myself. For HBO card, he became champion. Not all have, not all blessed to have that. It's real out there. It's tough. You have to be strong mentally. Some people might be listening in and say, bro, there's some people that's in the professional world that, that, um, change their last names for us professionally. Um, what would you say to somebody who, who asked you, why you just didn't like go by a different last name or drop your name or, or, or and you wouldn't have had to worry about the comparison? Is that that easy? Mm, I guess it all depends how comfortable you are with who you are in your own skin. Now, I was comfortable with being Kamachi Jr. I didn't want you nothing. There are people who can't who can deal with that, who don't want that tension. My little brother was a fighter, Christian Camacho. 
Who told me? Yeah, I didn't know about my father's name. I don't even know that my son. I don't use my father's name. I use myself. I use me. And, you know, I told him this. Not so long. I told the phone, you know, recently. Brother, he was frustrated because he's 14 wins, one losses. He never got on TV. He never had the big fights. He never had a break. And you know why? Because wow. he want to go by the Camacho name. They had his pros and his cons. He opened doors. You got to live by it. Or you got to live by it. You had to prove that you good as well. But the name will open doors for you. He didn't want to. And to this day, people know who he is. Because he didn't want to use that name. It has its pros and has its cons. It's a gift and a curse, no? Yes, it is, my brother. Man. Yes, it is. And um, and, and just for the, for the record, man, so you have a younger brother that, because I didn't even know about it, man. I, uh, you have a younger brother that's in boxing. You have other siblings. Um, How many how many other siblings do you have, bro? Well, for my mother and father, I'm the only one. For my father, oh. I guess, other marriage, he has three on that side, which I wow. love. I call them my brothers. You know, I didn't grow up with them. I was raised with them. I'm about 50, 60 years older than, than, than the oldest one. And my father's kids. What's your thoughts on this coronavirus? How much of an impact have have it had on you, on um, Percy? And and um, what's your thoughts about it? Do you think it'll end soon? Do you think uh, just what? What's your thoughts? You know what? I believe things happen for a reason. I think us as humanity, we need something like this. We could appreciate ourselves, appreciate where we stand. I mean, it's clear. You see, you know, in Italy across the world, because Italy, for example, the water cleaned up in a couple of days. The animals came out. It showed that we're the animals in the earth. We got to take care of each other. We got to take care of the earth we live on. Right. Um, right. This virus thing is crazy. It shut down everything. Kind of, you know, we're all getting kicked in the butt one way or another with this. How long would it last? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. When, if, if you really look at it, what's going on in this world, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. But, hey, I believe there's something big behind all this, but who am I to say, you know? I'm just here staying safe. I'm finding things to do my own time. I'm keeping myself busy. Keep the most important thing, keep your mind busy. Keep your mind going. It's a good time to focus on your dreams. Put your goals down on paper. To do self-inventory and run yourself to see why I got to change from better person. It's a great time for that now. To find yourself soul search. Now that you're locked in, you shut down. Right. Take your right. time and use it wisely. Right. Don't look at the negative side. Oh, I'm not going to work. Oh, what are we going to do? Don't focus on negative. Focus on how can you change it. So positive. And keep pushing Man. forward. Yes. This is something called life. You can't predict life. Things happen in life. Man. Like you say in boxing, weave the punches, go with the flow. That's that's what the virus is. Weave the virus and go with the flow. Protect yourself. Like boxing, protect yourself all the time. Protect yourself. Wash your hands. Do what you're supposed to do. Stay indoors. Protect yourself. Protect your family. Love your loved ones. It's a time to reflect on life. You all shut down, we're locked in. Reflect on life. Spend time with your loved ones. We locked in right now. We got to appreciate life now. We take life for, we take life for granted. Going to the stores, that's costly now. Go to the supermarket, you got to form a big line. It wasn't like that. Appreciate yourself. Appreciate life. Love your neighbors. I mean, this is a good time. If you have any problem with your neighbors, it's a good time to make up with your neighbors. You never know when you'll meet them. I run out of eggs. That my neighbor calls you, I can't stand my neighbor. I need some eggs to store clothes. What I'm going to do? You know, get on with your neighbors, you won't have that problem. You, 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 you're right, bro. You know, and me personally, bro, I'm, I, look, um, first of all, it, it taught me that 
kids and ain't the only people that don't wash their hands, okay? It ain't nasty, okay? All right. I mean, come on. I mean, wait, wait you telling me people wasn't washing their hands and using hand sanitizer this whole time? I want to highlight all tickets for the events. Um, It's still valid. Tickets um remain on sale. Um, Promotion will continue. Yes. Um, This will be on pay-per-view, correct? Yes, we have a broadcast. We have our own channel called Six Live. We create our own channel. We do our own content in there. So this will be on pay-per-view. But just for a great cause, this will stop the violence. So this is what we're doing nationwide. Bring celebrity to the table. Help us out. Go in the ring. It's for everybody, you know? Uh, so is this is this um UCBL um Urban Celebrity um Boxing League is this um um how long has been how long has it been um uh, up and running and uh, um how big can this can this be? When we just started this um you know of course I'm mainly Michael we your name but the other we got two local guys from two different sides of Orlando from the north side to the west side who has personal beef on core streets. Uh-huh. And he going against Bolano, another guy, on the Coleman men. They have, as a person who's done with local people know, they bump heads in the club a couple of times. They gang with a fight with the other guy's gang. You know, they, they pull their palms to the side, and they send them inside the ring. That's what we're trying to do. Bigger nationwide, he sell their palms in the ring. In the city, kids. And you know, it's a start. Looking forward to the first event. Depends how the event goes. You see what we got to be changed. What we need to add, what we need to change. So, you know, it, it's a tryout. Yeah. Well, man, I just, listen, man, it's a uh, rap broadcast here in Elgin, Illinois, man. That's like 35, 40 minutes away from Chicago. In Elgin, my daughter's in Elgin. My daughter lives in Elgin. Yeah, in my daughter, my, my older daughter, 21 years old. Oh, your daughter? Oh, there's, there's okay. There's a casino out there. I bought the called Victoria Casino, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. Grand Casino out there, Elgin. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Get out of here, bro. When the last time you been out here, bro? I was out there recently, you know, about a year ago. I went to Chicago. I was out there by Islip, the area. Uh -huh. I love Chicago. Whenever I'm yeah. not got no fight going on, I go to Chicago. I like to eat out there. <laughs> I'm the best yeah, right. In Chicago. You want to eat good, go to Chicago. A lot of my Puerto Rican boys out there in Humble Park area, you know? So I love Chicago, man. Yeah, well, well, man, you need to be making a trip back out here and come visit your boy Cash live, bro. I'd love to have you, love you, have you here, man. And uh, we can handle that. Yes, I'll talk to Jennifer. We can make that happen. Yes, sir. All right, and you, and, and just so you know, no, no, man, that's and thank you. And don't you know, bro? And don't you know we 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 have a new boxing gym out here? Did you hear? And no. Yeah, and they and it, and it's uh, it, it's kind of similar to what you're doing. Um, gloves up, guns down, and it's an organization. It, it just got built, bro, and it and it taking um youth coming there and train, and they have boxing matches for um you know for, for people around here. So I think you'll definitely definitely um have an interest, bro. Um um in that, bro. Um, but if we can make some happen, man, yeah, let me know, man. Yeah, man, you could have you know cash come out to UCBL number four, maybe you come out and just put some gloves on and pick up around. Man, hey, I love it, brother. I love it. Now, um, um, now, I, I, you know, um, I, I mean, uh, brother, again, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Always been a stand-up dude with me and um, take your time out with me and uh, come on my platform. So I just really want to uh, appreciate you. And before I go, bro, before when, Ray, when I interviewed you last time, you came out with a children's book. And um, I think you mentioned when you was replying to one of the other questions that you are working, I believe you said on a book now. It was, was that, was that, did you say that? 
Yeah, that was the Macho Time book I'm working on, which is done. It's done by Kristen Gilgott, the same writer who wrote the book Hands of Hands of Stone, the Roberta Rand book. And then she came a movie, Hands of Stone. And the same writer, the same author, they're doing my book. They've done it already. It's called Macho Time. So I finished that book. After this is done, after the promo tour for this book, I'll go back with the kids' book. You know, I have another children's book in mind I want to put out there. And just working. And just working. Like, keep the mind active, you know? Right. That's what it's about. Yeah, bro. That's what it's all about. And I love that about you. I just wanted to let you, people know and let you know it ain't just boxing with you. you. You definitely go out to the community. You definitely give back. You definitely... Um, like you said, uh, you know, you want to, you know, you definitely doing you more than just a boxing. That's one thing I'm, I, I want people to, to realize yeah. with you. And, and last, man, you said that you're working on a, what, a film or a documentary about your, tell all about your, you said about your father. Is that correct? Yeah, life stuff. We're doing a, we, we trying to put the movie together. The film we do, a future film we're putting together. I'm working with Hastings R. Um, we push it. It's not completely yet, but we bring, you know, put a part in place and, this is something I've been after for the longest time. So my father passed away. So it wasn't the right time, but now years went by. I feel more free, more comfortable. I put a life story out, so I'm pursuing that. The people I know, you can get the message. It's still macho time. It's still gone, but let it live forever. Let, let us not be no years before we talk again. All right, man? We got to make it happen, bro. Anytime I got some news, I'll be reaching out to the Cash Cam Podcast Show. You get my news first. I love it. I love it. All right, man. You take care. Thank you again, bro. Thank you, my brother. God bless you. Cash Cam.